This is to the elders and deacons, leaders of various ministries, brothers and sisters in Christ. With a sad heart, I write this letter to you as your pastor. This decision has been challenging and prayerful. But I firmly believe this is what God desires for me and my family. God has called me to move into a different ministry for over a year now. Yet I also felt God wanted me to lead this congregation through the difficulties we faced in 2020. And now that we have stability, I can explore what God wants next for my ministry. While my time here has been a tremendous opportunity for me, my mother has been heavy on my heart throughout my time here. And I feel called to move closer to home to support my family better. I've been honored to share in the many success, successes of this church over the past four years. It's been a privilege to witness our ministries blossom, a joy to see young families, a delight to experience strong friendships and an affirmation of purpose to explore scripture and faith alongside you all. This decision does not come from my hard feelings on my part, but rather from the sense of being pulled back home. I believe I have done what God wanted to, me to do here, and I believe this congregation will be blessed as it marches forward in faith, in Christ and his church, yours, Pastor John Doe. If you have had to part ways with your loved ones, then you know how hard it is to say goodbye. <laughs> I think this is what Paul is going through here. On his way to Jerusalem. <laughs> Should I give you a few minutes to? <laughs> Our passage <laughs> shows Paul as a human being 
caught in the complications of life and in the process of saying goodbye to his brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul is on his way to Jerusalem, but he stops near Ephesus and he calls the elders to come so that he can say goodbye to them. This is one of the most emotional farewells in the scripture. And it makes me ask, how do we finish strong despite the difficulties that we face as Christians? Because as a Christian in this journey of life with the Lord, there are so many things that happen in between that tend to squeeze the faith out of us. Sometimes there are bad experiences that lead us astray, but at times there are good experiences that lead us astray. I've seen Christians, people that come to Christ when they are at their worst and when the Lord begins to minister to them and brothers and sisters come around them and then they begin to feel better and things begin to run smoothly in their lives, they turn away from the Lord. Sometimes it's the good experiences and at times it's the bad experiences that squeeze the faith out of us. And so as a believer, how do you finish strong despite the difficulties that you face? In his farewell, Paul recounts his approach to ministry. If you look at verse 18 to 21, he says, when, when the elders arrived to Miletus where Paul was, Paul says to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears. And I'm telling you here, if you truly serve the Lord, those are two characteristics, uh, two experiences that you will have. First, your service will humble you. And secondly, it will bring tears to your eyes. It will bring tears to your eyes because there are so many challenges that God's people are going through. And there are times you want to look at God and tell God to stop to protect his people from what they are going through. But you also know that God is able to, to work through those challenges. There are moments that you listen to stories and the only thing you can do is shed tears. There are moments that God uses you and you are humbled. And Paul says here that he served the Lord 
with humility and tears in the midst of great testing from his fellow Jewish brothers. And he continues to say, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I've taught you publicly and from house to house. In other words, he has used every opportunity that he has to teach them. I have declared to both the Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus, to both the Jews and the Gentiles. There is only one way, and that one way is Jesus Christ. And that everyone has to turn to Christ for salvation. And Paul declares this. Now, I know there are people who call themselves Jews today or Israelites who don't think that they need to repent and be saved. They think that they have a different way to heaven. And Paul says, no, I have been preaching this message, calling to the Jews and the Gentiles to turn to Christ in repentance and be saved. And that's the message that each one of us has been entrusted with. He recounts his approach to ministry. And he says, in, in, uh, from verse 25, he warns the leaders to be watchful. If you look at verse 25, he says, Now I know that none of you among, among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. This is the last time you are seeing me. Therefore, I declare to you that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, I, I have given you what the Lord wanted me to give you, and I am innocent. It's up to you what you will do with it. For I have not hesitated to, pro to proclaim to you the whole will of God. And then he says, keep watch over yourselves. And this is a message to every leader. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. Leaders and elders in particular must embrace all of the flock so that they can, they can minister to all the flock. As an elder, you should have a heart big enough to embrace all of the flock so that you can minister to all the flock. He continues to say, I know that I, after I leave, again, he says, I know. It's not like it may happen. No, I know this is going to happen. After I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. 
savage, ferocious, even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So, leaders also must be watchful. They must be watchful against false teachings that come from outside, but also false teachings that come from within. Because the enemy is looking to destroy. And the enemy will want to use people who are in influential positions. Because those are the people that people will listen to. So as leaders, we need to watch over ourselves so that we don't end up accomplishing the enemy's goal. And one of the temptations would be to bring false teaching. We must stand against any destructive teachings from within and from without. And if you look at uh, Revelation chapter 2, this is one of the churches that Christ sent a letter to. If you look at verse 4 and 5, of Revelation chapter 2, it says, I hold this against you to the church of Ephesus or the church in Ephesus. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. So this church receives a warning here, and it also receives a letter through the book of Revelation, one of the seven churches, asking them to repent. And then Paul after saying these words to the elders, from verse 36, when he had finished speaking, Paul knelt down with all of them and prayed. And they all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Paul's life is a life that shows us how we can live in the context of a relationship we have with Jesus Christ. It is an example of how a Christian can go through difficulties and yet be determined to finish strong. And it is very important to finish strong because, guess what? People may forget how you started, and they will forget how you started, but they will remember how you finished. There are many times that we are tempted to think about the, how we started and enjoy those moments. 
Our brother Xavier here, he got married very soon, uh, and they had a wonderful time, and they took very good photos and, 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 uh, and videos, and when you look at those pictures, you just enjoy them. I'm sure you enjoy them when you look at how good you look, at, you look like in those pictures, right? And, and you look at your wife and you're like, wow, she's so beautiful. And that's a very good start. But I'm telling you, it's how you finish that will matter. It's how you finish that will matter. And as believers, it's the same thing. We started in the spirit. Most of us, when we first came to Christ, we were so committed. We experienced his joy. We realized and believed that our sins had been forgiven and that we are now children of God. And, and we realized that the Lord is preparing a place for us and one day he will come for us. And, and, and that gives us a good feeling. And as you go through this life, you look at other Christians and you see Christians who don't care. You see Christians who are insensitive to others. You see Christians who are not sharing their faith. You see Christians who are not committed. And you are tempted to find yourself in their place. The joy that you once had starts to fed. The peace that you once enjoyed is no longer there. The excitement that you had with following Christ and sharing your faith begins to fed. And then the question is, will you finish strong? You know, in one of the, the Boston marathons, which Kenyans always win, <laughs> there was one Kenyan that, uh, a lady actually, it was the women's marathon, and this lady, for some reason, she was so exhausted, she could no longer run, and she was crawling on her knees. And she would try to stand and fall, and, and people were encouraging her. And, and I looked at her, and she was bruised on her knees and on her elbows, and she kept on going and going and going. She was trying her best to make sure she finishes the race. And after the race, one of the journalists asked her, why did you have to do this? I mean, everyone would have understood if you had pulled out. No one would have blamed you for it. And she said, I did not come from Kenya to Boston to run a race that I cannot finish. And you know, you and I, this race that we are running, this, this life with Christ is not a life, is not a race that we are meant to finish alone. It is a race that we are meant to finish with Christ.
because we start with Christ. But somewhere down the line, we are tempted to think that we are running alone. And that's, I believe, one of the greatest temptation every Christian faces is to think that they can live this life alone. Is to forget that God in the, His Holy Spirit is present with us. Is to forget that we cannot run the race without the helping of the Holy, the Holy Spirit. I think that's the greatest temptation because every time we think we can do it on our own strength, the enemy proves us wrong. Every time we think we can run this race on our own, we find ourselves failing. And I think that's why Paul says here in verse 22, and now compelled by the Spirit I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Verse 23, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. He knows that he's going to experience difficulties, pain, prison, rejection. He knows that. But the Holy Spirit compels him to go. Paul can only go to Jerusalem if he submits to the Holy Spirit. He can only endure those difficulties if he submits to the Holy Spirit. For those of you who are asking... How do we finish strong because of the difficulties we face? I'm glad you asked. We finish strong when we are willing to go the distance. We finish strong when we are willing to go the distance. Paul says in verse 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Despite knowing that prison and hardships are waiting for him, Paul wants to go the distance. He is willing to go the distance. And he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. That's one of the most challenging things, especially if you are living a good life. But guess what? Even if you don't look at yourself and consider Christ better than anything in your life, a time will come that your life will be worth nothing. 
all of us, a time will come when our lives will be worth nothing. You will look at yourself and everything you have done and like Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, you will say it is all useless. Because, my friend, if you don't invest in eternity, you will live a wasted life. If Christ is not over everything in your life, you have missed the point. If you're not living your life in the context of the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, you haven't yet realized what it means to be a child of God. Paul looks at his life and he says, I consider my life worth nothing. My only aim is to finish the task and to complete what the Lord has given me. And he says, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Paul is willing to go the distance. He is willing to go the distance. We are able, we can be able to finish strong when we are willing to go the distance. There's one person in the Bible who was not willing to go the distance. In 2 Kings chapter 5, he's a general. His name is Naaman. He had succeeded in many battles. And then the Lord gave him leprosy. And it bothered him because now he needed to isolate himself from his family and from his friends. It humbled him. And then he heard from a young girl who was in his house, a slave girl, that there's a prophet in, in, in Israel, in Samaria, who can pray for you and you can be healed. And Naaman took his, his soldiers and on his donkey, his, his horse, and, and he went to Elijah and he called on Elijah to come and heal him. And Elijah did not even come out. He sent one of his servants and he told Naaman, go to River Jordan and dip yourself seven times. That's the distance that was required of him. And Naaman was angry when he heard that. And he said, I thought he would come out and lay his hand upon me and pray for me and I would be healed. He had his own prescription. 
And then now he's telling me to go and dip myself in River Jordan. We have better rivers where I come from. He was unwilling to go the distance. Until his servants begged him and told him, please, master, please, just do it. It's for your sake, please. And then he listened to his servants and he went to River Jordan and he dipped himself the first time he came out. Probably, this is the picture that I have in mind. His servants are at the shore of River Jordan. They are looking at him and Naaman is looking at them and he dips himself the first time he comes out. He's still looking at himself and they're encouraging him. He said seven times. And he goes back again the second time, the third time, the fifth time, the sixth time. He looks at himself, one more, please, one more. And then finally, he dips himself the seventh time. And when he comes up, the Bible says his skin was like, it was like a baby's skin. It was renewed. He received a makeup from heaven. But he had to go the distance. In between the promises that the Lord has for us and the life that we are living now, there are so many challenges that will want to stop us from experiencing those promises. And you and I are the people that God can use to encourage one another to go the distance. You and I can be used by God to encourage another person to go the distance because we all will find ourselves in places and situations where we will be tempted to give up. There are so many marriages that have gone through conflict. There are so many uh, marriages where people who loved one another when they started get to a point where they look at each other and they say, I don't know what I was thinking when I married you. So many relationships have been broken. And those challenges are facing believers today. And we need to encourage one another to go the distance. But it's also good for us to realize that for us to go the distance, we must rely on the Holy Spirit. We must realize that we cannot make it without Him. And the second thing to realize is this. We must be willing to endure the pain. Do you know why Christians nowadays are not as confident as they should be? Do you know why churches nowadays are not 
as strong, they don't have a strong voice as they should. In fact, no one listens to churches anymore. Because we claim to have the truth, but we are not willing to endure the pain for that truth. In fact, we want to find the easiest way of doing things. That's what we want. There was a missionary that had gone to an Islamic country to witness, and his church is supporting him. And every time he sends letters, he says, I have witnessed to few people. And then one day his pastor decided to visit him to see how he was doing. And when the pastor, the first day, he asked him, okay, so today, where are we going to witness? He said, oh, we we are not doing that. What we will do, we'll just walk through this street praying, and then we come back home. So they did that the first day. The second day, the pastor asked him, and today, where are we going to witness? And he said, no, we are not doing that. You can't witness here. We are going to walk this street and pray, and then we come home. And the third day, they did the same thing for one week. And the pastor asked him, so when do you witness? And he said, I don't. I just wake up in the morning and walk through the streets praying. And when he came back, they stopped supporting him. Because something tells us that we know better than Jesus Christ. We think that when Jesus was sharing the gospel and he faced all the accusations until he was nailed on the cross, we think we are so smart we can still do it and avoid the cross. We, in many ways, are not willing to go the distance. And many Christians are yet to experience the joy, the joy of being rejected because of their faith. They are yet to experience the joy of being uh, even persecuted for their faith. Many Christians want it easy. And we will never experience God's power that his people like Paul experienced if we are not willing to endure the pain that comes with standing with the truth. You cannot believe in the death of the cross and be afraid of the message of the cross. If we are going to finish strong, we must be willing to go the distance. It is my prayer that in your life, 
as you celebrate the joys that God allows you to and the friendships that you have, the fellowship that you enjoy. That as you look back and, 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 and be grateful for everything you have been able to accomplish this far, I want you to ask yourself one question. What is it that you have done for the Lord? What is it that you have done for the Lord that you couldn't do without the Lord? What is it that you have dared to do for the sake of Christ? I want you to ask yourself that question and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. And then I am inviting you to make this decision and say, the rest of my life is going to be the best of my life with Jesus Christ. That you develop the willingness to go the distance. Not only so, but you also make a commitment to encourage others to go the distance. So that you and I, we can both say that the rest of my life, I, I may have lived a compromised life, 